Welcome to Insights, a production of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Insights is an audio podcast that provides perspective on the opportunities and uncertainties facing investors today. Today's program, the Market Insights Notes on the Week Ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at J.P. Morgan Funds. Today is April 19th, 2021. Memories of the great inflation of the 1970s have faded in the public's consciousness. Half of today's population wasn't even born when inflation stalked the land, and in the decades since the failure of inflation to reappear has naturally eroded interest in the subject. But it's still worth looking back at the 1970s experience, both because it can give us a sense of how far Washington can push the envelope in fiscal and monetary policy without igniting significant inflation, and also in considering how to protect portfolios if inflation does re-emerge. Commodity prices are at the centre of both of these questions, representing both a cause of higher inflation and a refuge for investors when inflation occurs. In the 1970s, higher oil prices played a pivotal role in triggering bouts of inflation, boosting the year-over-year increase in the consumer price index to over 12% in 1974 and to almost 15% in 1980. It's important to recognise that these surges in inflation were just as much about inflation psychology as inflation itself, In both cases, the spike in oil prices was due to conflict in the Middle East, which dominated the headlines. Moreover, the price of gasoline is by far the best-known price in the economy, and spiking gas prices fed the general perception of -of out-of-control inflation. Soaring energy prices also increased costs in agriculture, manufacturing and transportation, and the general rise in prices led to demands for higher wages, from a trade union movement that was much more powerful than today. Those higher wages in turn further boosted consumer prices across the economy and it took two painful recessions, culminating in double-digit unemployment in 1982, to break the back of inflation. Of course, commodities weren't the only cause of the 1970s inflation. Keynesian economists pointed to higher budget deficits used to finance the Vietnam War and fund social programs contributing to economic overheating. Monetarists claimed it was all the result of the Federal Reserve allowing the money supply to grow too rapidly. Demographics in the income distribution also likely had as an impact, as baby boomers entering the labour market and setting up homes contributed to stronger aggregate demand, as did a more equal income distribution than prevails today. In addition, throughout the decade, commodities provided spectacular investment returns. Crude oil prices rose from $22 a barrel in 1970 to almost $130 a barrel by April of 1980. Corn and copper prices tripled over the decade, while the price of gold rose from under $37 an ounce in 1970 to almost $600 ten years later. Data last week confirmed that the economy is now accelerating fast, with retail sales climbing by an astonishing 9.8% in March, housing starts hitting a near 15-year high, and initial weekly unemployment claims falling to the lowest level in over a year. This acceleration is causing many to ask questions about the potential for higher inflation, and some have even speculated on a new commodity supercycle. Some of the conditions for higher inflation have clearly returned. Massive fiscal and monetary stimulus have been deployed during the pandemic recession, and neither the Federal Government nor the Federal Reserve are showing any signs of turning off the spigot, even as the economy quickly recovers. Unions are, of course, a smaller part of the story today. However, more generous unemployment benefits, along with very slow growth in the working-age population, suggests that wages could accelerate as the recovery proceeds. But what about commodities? Here the story is not nearly as compelling as in the 1970s. First, the most important part of the commodity space is fossil fuel energy, accounting for 54% of the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index and 30% of the Bloomberg Index. 
Both crude oil and natural gas prices have rallied in recent months as vaccines have brought the promise of an end to the pandemic. However, with oil prices now back over $60 a barrel, shale oil output in the United States is likely to ramp up quickly, as it has done in recent years whenever prices became more attractive. OPEC has also got plenty of spare production capacity, which could act as a barrier to much higher prices. In addition, growing efforts around the globe to combat climate change should limit the growth in demand for fossil fuels in the decade ahead. The demand for food commodities should improve as economic growth accelerates in the wake of the pandemic. However, slower demographics should limit the growth in food demand. According to the United Nations, global population grew by 1.9% per year in the 1970s, but is only expected to rise by 9 tenths of a percent per year in the current decade. These numbers may be further dented in the short run by higher fatalities and fewer births due to the pandemic. It is possible that strenuous global efforts to redistribute income could boost global food demand. However, despite recent changes in U.S. fiscal policy, there are few signs that this is a global trend right now. Surging construction could also boost commodity demand around the world. This is particularly in focus today with lumber prices soaring to all-time highs in recent months and copper prices returning to their peaks of a decade ago. However, questions can also be asked about the durability of construction surge. Chinese policymakers are well aware of the dangers of overinvesting in the construction sector and appear determined to achieve more balanced growth going forward. Passage of a large infrastructure program in the U.S. could, of course, add to demand. However, even if passed, government-funded construction spending in the U.S. tends to have a slow rollout, potentially allowing global suppliers to catch up. Finally, in the precious metal space, cryptocurrencies appear to be diverting some demand which would normally accrue to gold in a market awash with liquidity. Moreover, while near-zero short-term interest rates are making it easy to finance positions in precious metals, eventual Fed tightening could prove a further headwind in this space, as well as for commodities in general. In summary, there are sufficient headwinds in the global economy and markets to cast doubt on the thesis of a new commodity supercycle. That being said... There are plenty of other reasons to believe in some strengthening in inflation over the next few years, including massive fiscal stimulus, pent-up demand, limited labour supply and the potential for falling dollar. Such an environment poses a threat to the bond market, and by boosting long-term interest rates to the stock market. In addition, the real value of investor cash holdings would of course be eroded faster by higher inflation. Given all of this, even if commodity prices don't soar, they could easily match or exceed inflation. And given this potential, commodities are still worth considering as part of a long-term diversified portfolio. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content has been produced for information purposes only. And as such, the views contained herein are not to be taken as advice or recommendation to buy or sell any investment or interest thereto. Reliance upon information in this material is at the sole discretion of the recipient. The material was prepared without regard to specific objectives, financial situation, or needs of any particular receiver. Any research in this asset has been obtained and may have been acted upon by J.P. Morgan Asset Management for its own purpose. The results of such research are being made available as additional information and do not necessarily reflect the views of J.P. Morgan Asset Management. Any forecasts, figures, opinions, statements of financial market trends, or investment techniques and strategies expressed are those of J.P. Morgan Asset Management, unless otherwise stated, as of the date of production. They are considered to be reliable at that time, but no warranty as to the accuracy and reliability or completeness in respect of any error or omission is accepted. They may be subject to change without reference or notification to you. 
J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the brand for the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide. J.P. Morgan Distribution Services Incorporated. Copyright 2018. J.P. Morgan Chase & Company.